There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's hard to believe it's Wednesday already. We sure are thankful for the services God has given us here in western New York. We're thankful that the snow has let up, had a little bit of snow this morning, but it's been a good week in the house of God. And we're thankful for what the Lord has done, the holiness that God has manifest in the working of God and the spirit of God as he's moved upon the congregation of the people. And we certainly are thankful for that. Thankful for those that have come out to the services and thankful for those even impromptu as these are. And the old time, old timers used to have these type of services and people talk about the old time religion. The folks are too busy today to have special services. They got too much going on today to have uh, unannounced services, protractive meetings, as they were called in the South for many, many decades. And so we're thankful for what the Lord has done. I would that you would pray for those lost and undone without Christ. Those of you who listen to the podcast, uh, we've had some folks have talked to us. They just don't know the Lord. They're in need of a Savior. And I pray that the Lord God of heaven would break in on their life and break in on their soul. And uh, we're going to look at Psalm 9 today on the podcast, and we would like the Lord to help us in Psalm 9. Again, it's a Messianic Psalm. It's a Psalm of David. It's to the chief musician upon Methuselah, a Psalm of David. Now, you say, what is that Methuselah? Well, Methuselah is uh, one of the uh, times that the Israel would come together, and the chief musicians would sing, and David is given this Psalm to sing for that, what we would call a holiday, that feast day. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Praise is outward. Praise is inward. Praise is bodily. What he speaks of here is praise that comes from the heart, that praise and worship of our glorious God. And he says, O Lord, with my whole heart, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. And what a tremendous statement that you and I can rejoice in him, not the works that we've done, not the works of man, but rejoice in the Lord. He said, I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. And so we see these Psalms open with exaltation. We see they exalt the Lord. And David, the psalmist, always to praise the Lord. And might I say, I believe today, every church service ought to open with praise. Every prayer service ought to open with praise. But might I also say that every one of our times with the Lord ought to open with praise and thanksgiving. When we pray, when we testify, when we sing, when we do family devotions, we do private devotions, we ought to just praise the Lord for his excellency and for his name and praise him with our whole heart. He said, when mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. What a wonderful promise that our enemies will fall and then also perish at the presence of the Lord. And by the way, there will be a day that our enemies will fall and they will perish at the very presence of the Most High God. 
In verse 4, he says, For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou satest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. And I want you to notice this. The passage here begins to take a slight turn, if you will. I hate to use that expression, but I don't know of a, a better expression off the top of my head to use. But the expression there, the Lord is destroyed the wicked. He's put out their name forever and ever. And he says, oh, thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. Now we'll see in a few moments, he begins to speak of the resurrection. What destroys the work of the heathen greater than the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What work is there uh, that can excel in his face, works of wickedness and evildoers? But no, the resurrection will destroy the wicked. The resurrection rebukes the heathen. The resurrection puts out the name of the heathen that do not believe in the only begotten Son of God. And so he says, destructions are come to a perpetual end. Why? The resurrection. Jesus Christ, who is dead and yet liveth, and behold, is alive forevermore. And so he says, thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And so we see the eternal God, Jesus Christ, the resurrection. He was dead and yet he lives. He bodily resurrected from the grave. He's overthrown cities. He's overthrown nations. He's overthrown the wicked. He's overthrown the heathen. He's overthrown the works of the devil. And it's the purpose of his purpose upon this earth that he would do that. Why does his throne prepare? Why is his throne prepared for judgment? Because he shall judge the world in righteousness. Why? Because of the resurrection. He'll judge in righteousness because he's the resurrected Savior. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. And so we see the Psalm of David, again, a Psalm of Messiah, Psalm speaking of that which is to come, foretells of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that which takes place when Christ is resurrected. He overcame the grave. He overcame death, even though the sorrows of hell compassed him about. He overcame the sorrows of hell, even though the sorrows of death compassed him about. He overcame the sorrows of death. And so we see in Jesus Christ, in the resurrected Christ, he's overthrown the evil work of this day. Yet men must come to him. They must believe that he is. They must believe not only that he is, but they also must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He shall judge the world in righteousness. And the word of God says he shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. That's the Savior. That's Jesus Christ, the righteous. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Why? He is that city of refuge. He's that one that the slayer of innocent blood can flee to. He's that one that is guilty can flee to as a refuge, as a safety, as a protection. They can run to that city, which is Jesus Christ, and find refuge in the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the resurrection. The word of God told us we're saved through his life. Now, I know this. people look at this psalm and say, how do you get the resurrection out of that? How do you get the resurrection out of these verses? Well, let's look at a couple more verses. And they know, they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, 
For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them, and here's the verse we spake of, that seek thee. And so the Lord does not forsake them that seek him. But then he also told us over in chapter 14, and it's not a contradiction. He told us in chapter 14, there's none that seek it. He said there's, they've all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. What is he speaking of? Verse 2 of Psalm 14. He did see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. But it's not a contradiction. Lost men are commanded to seek God. Saved men are commanded to seek God. But the lost, the wicked of this world, he said, are not seeking God. They have turned aside. Yet the Lord has said to us, Hast thou not forsaken them that seek thee? And if a man is truly seeking God, God will not forsake him. That's a promise of the word of God. God will raise him up. God will resurrect him spiritually, pass him from death unto life, make him a new creature in Jesus Christ. If a man is truly seeking God, he's not a faraway God. He's not a hidden God. He's not a secret God. He's the God of the resurrection. In verse 11, again, we see the praise. Sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. Now, in verse 12, 13, 14, we began to see some of those key words we spoke about in previous podcasts. There are words we look at and we see and they identify Jesus Christ. And we see that word to compass about or to compass about. And we see the sorrows of hell, the sorrows of death, the bulls of Bashan. We see that the dogs compass him about. The archers have compassed about to shoot at him. And when we see those key words, and we see God using certain words and certain phrases, they speak of Jesus Christ. We know they speak of Jesus Christ. The expression, he hath dealt bountifully with me, is speaking usually of Jesus Christ. Why? God hath dealt bountifully in the resurrection, and he's dealt bountifully with his son. Why? He's the heir of all things. He's the son of God. And so we see one of these keywords pops up in our text here. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. Whose blood is that? It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away sin. It's the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross for my sins, for your sins, not for ours, only for the sins of the whole world. He remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. And by the way, that's one of those things. People often use Romans 10, 13 as a catch-all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they leave out verse 14. But how shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How do we know they believe? Because they've humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God. They've humbled themselves to the to Jesus Christ, they've humbled themselves before God, and their cry cometh before God. And so if you are going to call upon the name of the Lord, it's because you believed God and you've humbled yourself under his mighty hand. It's not a coaching. It's not because of coaxing. It's not because someone talks you into it. It's because you had seen your need before God. You have humbled yourself under his mighty hand. And in that due season, God will also exalt you. Have mercy, verse 13, O God. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, 
that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. Here we see the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble. What trouble is that? He's suffering. He has been damned. He has been cursed. He's been made an offering for sin. He has suffered death. He has suffered the grave. He has suffered hell. He said, consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. He came to his own, his own received him not. They slew him on the cross, Peter told them. And he says, that thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. Who has suffered the gates of death and been lifted up, save the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, there will be a resurrection of the dead in which the saints of God will be lifted up from the gates of death. They will experience a resurrection, but the only reason they will experience a resurrection is because Jesus Christ himself was resurrected. And so here we see the messianic part of the psalm, speaking of the resurrection of Christ. That I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. It's the deliverance of the soul, the body of Jesus Christ. They're reunited. They come back. Why? Because God has brought him back from the dead. He has resurrected him and given him life. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands, Hagion, Selah. Verse 17 begins to summarize why we need the resurrection, why men ought to seek the resurrection of God, because he's rebuked the heathen, the destructions have come upon the heathen. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Why is God wanting the nations to see but they are but men? Because they need the blood of Jesus Christ. They need the resurrected Savior. The wicked, the word of God says, through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. The word of God tells us of the wicked. His heart boasteth. His wicked boasteth his heart's desire and blesses the covetous. The word of God told us that the wicked says in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. The pride of the wicked is the snare to the wicked. The pride of the wicked is the destruction of the wicked. That's why the wicked shall be turned into hell, because they're too proud to seek God. They're too proud to look after God. And all the nations that forget God, where are they going to be turned? They're going to be turned into hell. Why? Because he sent his own begotten Son into the world, that the world through him might be saved. Arise, O Lord, verse 19. Let not man prevail. Men resist God. Men fight against God. In this case, he's speaking again of the resurrection. The man might not prevail over Christ. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. But then here's the cry of the psalmist. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. What ought our cry to be for our nation? 
What did our cry be for our people? Lord, would you put them in fear that they may know themselves to be but men? They're not gods. They're not rulers over men's souls. They have no power over men's souls. They have no power over men's spirits. But my friend, they would see but themselves as but men. That our nation might humble itself under the mighty hand of God. We see a work of God according to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, that men would see the resurrected Savior. That's all the time we have this Wednesday for the podcast. I remind you tomorrow, if you would tune in, Brother Ronnie Sculton, dear friend of ours, a friend of our ministry, is going to be giving his testimony on tomorrow's podcast. I do pray that you would tune in and listen to Brother Ronnie as he testifies of the goodness of God in his life and coming to salvation. But then also, Brother Ronnie has announced a call to preach. And I asked him, I said, Brother, would you preach a message on the podcast? And so Friday, Brother Ronnie Sculptable would preach a message on the podcast. I believe that's the Lord's will for us this week. So would you tune in, contact Brother Ronnie Sculpton, let him know if he's been a blessing to you. And I want to thank you. From me, I say to you, have a good week. May God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll continue the podcast as long as the Lord permits for the glory of God, for the furtherance of the gospel. May God bless you. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home.